So by connection, what I mean is, it, it's a sense of being part of something, and we all ex experience that. So the problem is in our modern culture, we're all split up into various different groups. In fact, this seems to be the way of it now. And what that means is that there's, a, there's this word that I picked up just recently. I read it in a brilliant book by um, transgender activist, and it's called othering. And what othering is, is you're taking your head and you've, you've got some people that you don't perceive to be part of your group. And one of the things that happens is you stop being compassionate about them. And you start to not care. And especially if they do things that you believe harm you. And of course, this is the media's full of this, you know, this group, they're idiots, this group, they're, they're thoughtless, they're, and there's a whole load of this going on. And somebody's always to blame for everything, and there's, there's no way out of that. You know, this group causing this conflict, this group are, are, are doing these things which are thoughtless and inconsiderate and unhelpful. And, all, and you kind of think, well, that's the way of being human, but at the end of the day, what that means is that the, the group of people who are other than me, that I can like, not care about, grows and grows and grows. And then there's also this huge 8 billion people that we're indifferent to. So with, tragically, one can become indifferent to other people's suffering or even think it's justified. Ha-ha, they're suffering because they did this thing, so therefore... And so that sense of othering separates us from humanity. But then the other thing is, is the separation from nature, which is even more bonkers than the separation from humanity. The separation from nature, so, if I was to say to you, where's the nature in this room? Everybody starts, generally speaking, looking around for a plant or something like that, because that's natural. But you don't have to look very far to see nature. We're all part of it. As is all of this technology. Yeah? As is this building and the lighting in it. At the end of the day, this is just a sophisticated termite hill. Yeah, you know, termites, they build these huge structures and they've got little rooms in there that they live in and they've got all got jobs. You know, you've got the army termites and you've got the building termites and you've got the termites that look after the... Um, so really, what's the difference? The, the, the difference is only a difference of scale and how different we believe we are. Yeah. So what that means is that we feel disconnected from nature. We feel disconnected from nature, we feel disconnected from each other. And that's the foundation of all of our suffering. Interestingly, however you feel about anything that's happening in your life, once this sense of separation goes away, it's it's actually very difficult to feel anxious 
because most of our anxiety comes down of how we perceive other people perceive us and the, the, the end result of them perceiving us in an unsatisfactory way is that we might get rejected. And so everything we do is, is an attempt to be accepted, appreciated, gain approval, get attention, gain affection, all of these kinds, that's what's, what, what human beings want. And let's, so let's say, for example, for whatever reason, you don't get that, if you have a sense of connection to everything, you're not, you're not, you haven't been rejected, isolated, you're not a failure, you're not alone, you're part of the, the global family of all living beings and part of the global family of all human beings. So the answer to this isn't to say, right, you've got to stop believing this and start believing that. The answer is to find out all the barriers. And you'll find the barriers, they come to you, and they come to you as, as unsatisfactoriness and suffering. So however you feel, when you feel anxious or fearful, or doubtful, or, or, or you get a sense of doom, or whatever it happens to be, whatever the, the feeling is, if it's not physical pain, so, you know, if I, if I walk out, let's say I, I leave this building and I get run over by a bus, there's physical pain, that's, that's mandatory, you can't, there's no way out of that. When I wake up, and, and I discover that I've become disabled. And I had an experience very similar to this when I was younger. I woke up, I'm in a bed in a hospital, I can't feel my legs. Um, when that happens, there's, there's two things. One is, well, life's changed, and now there's all sorts of things that I need to do to be able to get around. But then the other thing is, is what about me? How do people perceive me? You know, am I, I'm the disabled guy all of a sudden. And that is suffering because tragically, whether it's because of other people othering me or not, I own that suffering. That's me. Because you'll get a couple of disabled guys. One will suffer like that and the other one won't and there's the absolute crux of it this is what it's all about so now to experience all of this suffering and to resolve it and to overcome it and to come out the other end with greater resilience than you went in is just a continuous process of experiencing it accepting it, releasing it, and then some more will pop up because our culture just piles it on. And even if, even if you were to say, switch it off now, no more suffering, you'd still have a whole lifetime of it. Yeah, so this, this process, that's at the heart of, of mindfulness and meditation, is this experiencing unsatisfactoriness, accepting it, processing it somehow, 
it all has to hang around for a while and everything will come up in your meditation. It all comes up and that's, that's the idea of meditation. But to even think about getting there, what we've got to do is calm our minds first. So they're very beginning meditations and that's what we'll be doing today. What we'll do is we'll, we'll go back and we'll start with the absolute basics for meditation. What I'll do is I'll teach you the practices that calm your mind in order of efficacy, which is the new word that we all understand. This is the thing that calms most people's minds most easily is to actually use this tool. Only if you listen to the sound of the bell moving through time. So we don't tend to do that. In fact, we don't. Because we're not in the present moment. We're in the future normally, or in the past. So to be in the present moment, the sound of the bell goes on for a while, and we're tracking the actual sound of the bell, and you'll notice the note changing. So noticing the note changing and listening to the sound of the bell moving through time. you can notice something else which is the movement of the belly just at the point where the belly meets the chest noticing the rising and falling of the belly Both of those experiences, for most people, helps to clear their mind. I'll sound it one more time. And the thing to do is to stay with the sound of the bell. just left with the breath rising and falling and there are also other sounds so we can just hear the traffic sound 
from this room. And occasional voices. And as the first part of connecting to nature and connecting to other people is connecting us to ourselves through connecting to the breath and the body. And this connection is a physiological feedback process. We want to get the messages that the body has to send us. Whatever they might happen to be. That's why the breath is a starting point. Many, many reasons why the breath is a starting point. One of them is because it's neutral. You can't distinguish between good and bad breaths. And then if we check in with our physiology by noticing how we're sitting, feet on the floor, elbows by the side, head balanced comfortably on top of the spine, eyes either closed or looking down past the tip of your nose, with your eyes half shut. and allow your body to inform you where the tension is, where the tightness is. And when you notice that, could be in the shoulders, could be in the face, the eyes, the hands, wherever it happens to be. Just leave your awareness with that part of the body. So if I've noticed tension in my shoulders, all I need to do is notice the shoulders while I'm aware of the out breath. just bringing our attention to the shoulders. the elbows by the side, 
if you notice the breath lifting and dropping the shoulders in time you'll become aware that the weight of the arms is pulling down on the shoulders do is the meditation that calms the largest group of meditators most easily. So about half of the people that are regular meditators use this meditation practice called counting the breaths. And the way we do it is by noticing the breath and we just count the out breath and the in breath in our minds. So we count one on the in breath, two on the out breath, three on the in breath, four on the out breath up to ten. Reach ten, return to one. When we lose count, begin at one again. So let's start with one on the in-breath, counting in the mind, two on the out-breath, three on the in-breath, four on the out-breath, up to ten. If we get to ten, begin at one, lose count, begin at one. And so if this is difficult for you after a while, you can always drop out and you can just go back to noticing the movement of the belly. So there you have these two choices. Or listening to sound passing through time. There's three choices for this meditation. But give it a whirl. Works for a big group of people as a way to help them calm their mind. One on the in-breath, two on the out-breath, three on the in-breath, four on the out-breath, up to ten, get to ten, begin at one, lose count, begin at one. I practice this for about seven minutes and it's called counting the breaths.
just gently returning to noticing the breath, rising and falling. We're just aware of it. Notice there's no goals or expectations. There's no competition to silence the mind. It's just a matter of practicing a number of different practices, finding the ones that calm your mind and doing them more than the others. That's it. So the next most useful practice is called noting thoughts. So what we do is we stay connected to the breath. We are allowing ourselves to be aware of the sensation of the breath rising and falling. And, and that's because the breath is always in the present moment. If we're noticing the breath we're present. And from that place of noticing the breath, what we're doing is waiting for thoughts. Thoughts will come, they'll either be a constant chatter or just the occasional thought. So this is like a comfortable waiting room, just waiting for thoughts to arise. And when a thought arises, what we do is note it by saying in our mind, as we breathe out, for the next two successive out-breaths, we stay in the mind thinking, thinking. And back to noticing the breath, waiting for the next thought. Another thought arises, again saying in the mind, on the out-breath, two separate out-breaths, thinking, thinking. And then back to noticing the breath. So that's it. We're noticing the breath. Thoughts will arise when we notice that a thought's arisen. Repeat on two separate out-breaths. Thinking, thinking, and then back to noticing the breath. Thought arises, note it, repeat. Practice this for the next seven minutes. It's called noting thought.
again, returning to the movement of the breath. This time, focusing on the breath in the nostrils, which is the traditional way. And what we're doing there is noticing the sensation of the air as it enters and leaves the nostrils. You become aware of the coolness. You can, if you prefer, you can always just notice the breath in the belly. But this has more of a sensation to connect to. And we're just noticing the sensation. Noticing the in-breath, noticing the out-breath. The cycle of the breath, the rhythm of the breath, the sharpness of the in-breath. And the relaxation of the out-breath. The coolness of the in-breath on the warmth of the out-breath. And every so often the mind wanders. When you notice that the mind's wandered, all you do is gently return to the breath. This isn't a competition to stay focused on the breath. It's a process of noticing the breath, the mind wandering, Noticing that the mind's wandered, bringing it back to the breath and repeating. It's a cycle. It's 2,600 years old at least. It's called following the breath. If you find that your mind is very busy when you're doing this, you can do any of the earlier practices. Noticing sound and breath, what I call the meditation of no meditation, or counting the breaths, or noting thoughts. But this is the main practice of mindfulness and has been for thousands of years. But noticing the breath, mind wanders, back to the breath, repeat. It's called following the breath.
how many times the mind wanders. That's an essential part of the practice. closer to the thoughts with this meditation than any other meditation which is part of its power and that's the purpose is to become familiar and comfortable with the thoughts get to know them accept them also know we can draw our attention away from them repeatedly by focusing on the breath. Noticing the rising and falling of the belly again. It might help if you place your fingers there. We're just noticing the movement of the fingers then. doing there is noticing the movement of the belly moving through time. And if we want we can 
repeat a mantra while we're noticing the moving, movement of the belly. You know, mantra is ancient. As the belly rises, say in the mind, rising. And as the belly falls, say in the mind, falling. If your mind is very busy, what you can do is use up all of the time of the movement of the breath by saying in your mind, rising, falling, rising, falling. Checking in with the body, any tension, adjust your posture. Feet on the floor, elbows by your side, head balanced comfortably. And we're just noticing the movement of the belly moving through time. also the passage of time through the movement of sound. So whatever sounds there are, they become a process of noticing them moving through time. traffic in the street, there's the sound of the crossing, movements in the room, sound of my voice, sound of voices in the distance. And it's all there to help you notice it moving through time.
Right. Is also there to help you notice the passage of time, which is how we become aware of the present moment. Relaxing on the out-breath, releasing whatever tension there is in the shoulders, in the back and sides of the neck, in the face, in the jaw, resting the tongue gently on the bottom teeth. Noticing the present moment moving through the sound of the bell. in your very own time gently return your attention to your surroundings <laughs> 